And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we're going to be looking at the Formula 1's Russian Grand Prix. And we're going to do a review of Quali and unfortunately the race, which I won't speak much on because it was painful. It was painful for me as a McLaren fan, as a Lando Norris fan. So yeah, let's just get straight into it I suppose. So, F1. Oh, what a time it is. This season's been brilliant. Wherever the halfway point, Max and Lewis are challenging for the title. I think it's going to go to Max at the end of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Lewis, but I want it to be Verstappen so badly. So badly. Just to end that Lewis and Mercedes dominance. But anyway, back to what I was saying. To the Russian Grand Prix race and qualifying review. So um, let's start off with Q1. Obviously, not everyone's cup of tea. You don't always tune into Q1. Well, unless you're... I suppose no, a lot of people watching into Q1. But um, Q1 was a very interesting qualifying session, as we obviously see Verstappen not going on his outlap, but then just coming straight in afterwards. I just assume it was just to get a feel for the track. Otherwise, because it didn't matter, because he was starting for the back of the grid anyway, if he set time or not. So it's probably just to um, let him have a little little f- taste, a little feel of the track, to see how his car was doing. I know he's had all the practice sessions, but in the wet weather, we didn't have that during quali. Uh, during quality, during practice one through three, so to see how the Red Bull was doing in the um, wets was quite. It was very good. It was a good decision for him to go out and obviously not bother setting a lap because he didn't need to at the end of the day. Now, obviously later on in Q one, we see Antonio Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi, Giovinazzi spinning near the end of Q one, if I remember correctly, and he was he almost collected Charles Leclerc, who wouldn't have been good. But it could have been detrimental because he could have damaged the car. But obviously it didn't. But it didn't matter because Charles, like Verstappen, was starting at the back of the grid anyway. But went out and set laps anyway and went into, was it Q3? I want to say he got into Q3. Well, I hope he did. No, he didn't. He got into Q2. If I read my notes, I've got it right in front of me, honestly. So, obviously, there wasn't much in Q1. There never really is. So... Obviously, we saw an interesting end to Q1 with the drivers 10th to 15th all having a chance to be knocked out. But realistically, we all thought it. We all wanted it to have maybe happen. But we all knew who really was going to go out. And that was Kimi Raikkonen, uh, Mike, Michael, Mick Schumacher, Antonio Giovinazzi and Nikita Mazepin all couldn't improve on their time. So they ended up going out in Q1 alongside with Max Verstappen, who obviously didn't start his lap. So... Yeah, obviously we got the usual Q Q one end end yeah. Q1 knockouts. I suppose you could say Latifi's in there and Sonoda at times. Still don't know how that man's kept his seat, by the way. I think Yuki Sonoda's a good driver, but I don't think he's good enough. I know that sounds very, very stupid, but I just generally don't think Sonoda's all that good. But maybe give him next year. It might just be his, obviously, rookie year, he's just sailing into the car. You never know. He might be amazing with all the rule changes and everything next year. But anyway, on to Q2. In Q2, we did see Charles Leclerc not saying a lap because he also had engine penalties, which meant he started as a grid because he changed his engine. He was on his fourth engine, I want to say, or fourth change, or something like that. And that is why the man was started back with Verstappen. And we'll also have something else later at the... Uh, maybe at the end of Q3 that we can speak about with back of the grid. But also, as much as I wanted to see 
maybe both Williams in Q3 or at least Latifi get a, a nice result. Maybe like a P11, P12 because I thought, you know what? It could be on the cards for Latifi because he was driving brilliantly in Q1. But obviously, Q1, not the best representation as you don't have all of the big teams. Ferrari, well, yeah, Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull and Mercedes not doing not doing their best. But you, you know what I mean? They're not trying to their fullest. They're just getting through easy. And then they start pulling for the Q2 into the top three shootout. Top top three, top ten shootout in Q3. So we also didn't see Latifi set a time during Q2. as Because if I remember correctly, there was a numerical problem with the Williams that they had found overnight. And obviously, they, they were able to get him out for Q1. But I think Q maybe P15 was what? Yeah, that's that's a good position for Latifi to start which is brilliant. And um, also, another notable part of Q2 was uh, the Williams ruining Gasly's qualifying session with both Pierre and his engineer getting very heated on the radio. Now, I think we all... Um, that was a nice little angry conversation. but Just a few words, but it was a nice angry, nice angry chat between Pierre and his engineer, which was a shame because it was, what, one of the first times we've seen Gasly not get into Q3 this year. So on Russell's last lap, he was in the knockout. He was getting ready to be eliminated and he managed to get in the top 10, unfortunately pushing Sebastian Vettel into the elimination category by five hundredths, where he'd inevitably stay and get knocked out in Q2, which was a big shame because we all, we all love Vettel here, really. F1 doesn't deserve Sebastian Vettel. Let's just be honest. Sebastian Vettel is the nicest man in Formula 1. By the way, off to our um, Vettel appreciation. Um, so... The ending results of Q3 meant we saw both all of Sonoda, Gasly and Vettel were not able to uh, improve on their time. So they went out uh, out alongside Charles Leclerc and Nicolas Latifi. Now, this is the first time we've seen, not an out, not the first time, but it's, like I said a minute ago, it's really odd not to see Pierre Gasly in Q3. But I tell you what, it made it a lot more interesting. It made it a lot more interesting. And it also meant he was, like, not, not being a bit annoying. But now... On to Q3, my favourite part of the weekend, up until about, what, lap, lap 50, lap 51, when it started to rain. But in Q3, we saw all the drivers go out on a set of intermediates as the track wasn't ready for slicks. It was still lightly raining, the track was still wet. So as expected, Hamilton and Bottas were dominating on, on, on the wet set of tyres at the start of Q3. But Lando Norris eventually... <laughs> But with Lando Norris splitting the two marks as the top bef- at the top before the slicks came in, so we yet we were seeing Lando Norris's pace come out at, at early stages. I believe he split Hamilton. Yeah, he split Hamilton Bottas. So I believe it was Hamilton Norris Bottas. So things you love to see. You love to see Lando doing up there, which was what we love to see. But um, towards the end of qualifying, we saw George Russell come out on a set of softs. He was the first driver to do this and fair play to him because it was just testing it out to see if the track conditions were. Track conditions were good enough for the soft soft tyres, the slick compounded tyres to come out. And obviously on the pit exit, I I thought he was going to crash. I thought he was going to crash because he was wobbling everywhere. Because obviously it hadn't dried up, there weren't enough heat in the tyres, he was just going everywhere. He had no grip. So I generally thought on that pit exit, as it's the wettest part of the track, as there's been barely any driving, he could have crashed on the pit, caused a red flag, and not ended the session, but postponed it for a while. So as Russell started on his flying lap on the softs, Hamilton drove into the wall. (laughs) 
damaging his front wing. Damaging his front wing in the process. Oh, it was brilliant. I was, I was, I was jumping all over the moon. Now, I don't hate Hamilton, but it just gets a bit boring. He's bored me now. I generally don't care if that man does well or not anymore. Don't get me wrong. When he retires, I'll say Hamilton, probably one of the best drivers of all time. Maybe apart from Shimi. But, and that's only for the McLaren days. I'll only love him for the McLaren days. And probably the Merc once he's finally had a, like five years out of the sport. But it's just a bit boring. He's getting a bit boring for my liking. So yeah, Hamilton drove into all whilst entering into the pits, causing him to obviously damage the wing and it needed to be changed, which ended up holding up both Mercs who had come into the pits. So Bottas and Hamilton were both just sat there like sitting ducks as the Mercedes pit crew all had to run around getting Hamilton his new front wing because no one was expecting this. So it ended up being that Bottas, Hamilton had to drive in front of Bottas, go into like his, well, his pit entrance and just sat there for a while whilst they were doing Bottas, putting the softs on his so Bottas could get out. And then they all had to come over to Hamilton, change his front wing and that basically meant Hamilton had screwed up his Q3. He had one chance to set a good lap on the softs, whilst everyone else would have had two. Two nice laps. They'd have a an out lap, a flying lap, a cool down lap, and then another flying. So um even though Hamilton was still the fastest at this point, so people were like, you know what, it's not that bad. Because we saw George Russell not improve on his time, we saw him go tenth fastest in the soft. So the commentators were going you know what, This Hamilton's, Hamilton's done fine no matter what. But now we come in to the final few laps and this was when we saw Carlos Sainz take provisional pole and he was on to get his first pole of his career and I was going absolutely mental because Lewis wasn't able to improve on his time at all. So I was jumping all over the place because obviously we love Carlos here as well. Obviously the McLaren days, Spanish driver, uh, what, what a driver. But I was I was already excited. I was jumping everywhere for Carlos Sainz's career pole. And then Danny Ricardo. Ricardo comes around the corner and isn't able to go faster than the Spaniard. He goes can't even remember what, fifth fastest? Mental. But honestly, after right behind Ricardo. Oh, I love this bit. But then came Lando Norris. After the man set the fastest sector to, my ears pricked up. I was looking at the screen. I was going, come on, come on, come on, come on. I was getting overexcited because he was half a second quicker than his former teammate Carlos Sainz. So he was about to get his first ever Formula 1 podium. Pole position, podium, not even podium, pole position. What am I saying? At this point, I was going absolutely mental because round the last corner came Lando Norris to sit on pole for the first ever time in his career. Now, obviously, as a ma- he was, I was going mental as a massive Lando Norris and McLaren fan. And I was it's just crazy. Honestly, I couldn't sum it up in words. Well, obviously, I am because it's a podcast. But, oh, it was mental. That made my whole Saturday perfect. I was happy. I was happy. Nothing could have ruined my mood. I was going into a race day all happy going, this is a win for Lando. I hope it's a win for Lando. I really hoped it was a win for Lando. But anyway, off to the end of Q3. George Russell pulled a brilliant lap out of nowhere and went third fastest in the Williams, beating Hamilton in qualifying for a second time, both in the rain condi- rainy conditions or rainy track, wet tracks, which I just want to say, I think Russell's going to beat Hamilton next season at Mercedes. You've heard it here first. You've heard it here first. It's on a podcast on the 1st of October. 
the man's beating Hamilton next season. So obviously, this meant at the end of Q3, the order went Norris on pole, Sainz on second, Russell third, Hamilton fourth, Ricardo fifth, Alonso sixth, Bottas seventh, which I thought Bottas was getting pole because he he loves a Sochi, doesn't he? And then it went Stroll, Perez and Ocon. Now, this is where it gets enjoyable because Bottas also took a new engine at the end of qualifying, which put him at the back of the grid, which as well moved all the drivers off. And I cannot read off all of that again. So, which, yeah, put him up for upper place on Sunday. And people just, yeah, everyone believes that Merck essentially did that just to purely ruin Verstappen's race and make it as hard as possible for him. But that doesn't matter because Max Verstappen is the best driver on this grid this year. Easily. Easily best driver on the grid. The man would have run away with the title now if it wasn't for what Hungary, Britain. I'm trying to think of everything else. There's been so many. Well, especially England. Jeez, that was mental, that crash. But honestly... It was strange, wasn't it? Because obviously Mercedes had just taken an engine penalty. I Monza, I believe it was an engine penalty, where Bottas had to start at the back of the grid anyway. And he came back for po- um, podium. So, did he come back for podium? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yes, he did. Did he? Yes. Yes. I generally purely remember Monza as a McLaren fan. I didn't care what, how anything happened there. Our first win in 12 years. First one, two. Oh, it's beautiful. Was it 12 years? No. Nine years. Ah, who cares? No, the first one too. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm waffling now. I am waffling now. But um, yeah, that was a brilliant qualifying session in Sochi. Really enjoyable. Now, I suppose I'm waffling because I don't want to talk about the race. And in all honesty, guys, I haven't written much about the race at all, purely because I don't want to rewatch it at this rate. I'm just speaking off my head. Like we know, Stroll and Vettel had some on-board collisions we know Russell was holding everyone up for like the first 10 laps we know Carlos and Lando had a beautiful duel for the first what 20-30 laps but the result didn't come easily for Lando he ah the rain ah the rain but anyway okay right back to what I've written obviously fair play to Hamilton I'm gonna give him a round of applause here well done, Lewis. He hit the landmark. He got that elusive 100th win he was waiting for, becoming the first driver in Formula 1 history to get those 100 wins. So fair play to the lad. And, uh, what, 21 of those came from McLaren? So 21 wins from McLaren. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. But obviously, the result didn't come easily for Lewis, as it? It required a fight from... It required a fight from the lad. He, st- he was on seventh after the opening lap. He was down in seventh at one point, wasn't he? It was crazy. Ricardo had a brilliant opening lap. I'd just like to point that out. But, um, yeah, with a late downpour of rain and his, well, not even his risky, he was forced to do it. He was forced to go in for the intermediates. He didn't want to pit because he wasn't going to pit if Lando wasn't pit. If Lando wasn't going to pit. But ultimately, it was a correct switch to switch. It was a correct decision to switch to intermediate tyres to deny Lando his maiden win because he just. He went off. He went off, and Hamilton overtook him. Oh, it, it was it was painful because Landon Norris looked set to give McLaren its second straight win before the rain hit in Sochi. In the closing stages, boys, I still stand by my tweet. I did a tweet in December before the season started that with Danny Rick and Lando, we're winning at least two races this year, and quote tweeted it with uh, Monza saying one out of two. 
and ours, I would have been ecstatic if we'd got back-to-back wins. We're also the first team this season to have a 1-2. Is that not mental? Everyone would have thought, everyone just expects a Red Bull and Mercedes 1-2 most weeks. But they haven't got one yet. And that's why McLaren are the best team on the grid, boys. McLaren are the best team on that grid this year. But yeah, the pain that Lando Norris didn't get the win. Ah, the rain. It was ironic that it rained on the Monday, wasn't it? Just had to, had to do it. But it told it showed Lando the um, cold truth of motorsport for him, the team, everyone, the fans, me. That stuff don't come easily, even if you do work really hard and do a brilliant drive for the majority of the race. Why? Why, Formula One gods? Why? Why, Mother Nature? But obviously, with the rain, it obviously shook up the whole order of the track. And it was a... Uh, it was ultimately a day in which, like I said a minute ago, Lewis ended up on top, moving back into the championship lead, no, of course, which uh, I know I said Verstappen will win it earlier. He still will. Verstappen will still win the league. And it was just process, although Hamilton's advantage is only two points ahead of Verstappen, which is another reason why Verstappen's going to win this year. Boys, he recovered up to second place, albeit he was in the rain and it, copious amounts of luck. It was still a brilliant drive from Verstappen. His overtakes on Leclerc and Bottas were out of this world, let's be honest. but um, And that just shows you why Verstappen's ultimately going to win the championship this year. Even if, like I said a second ago, Sochi was incredibly kind to him. Because he's just such a good driver, man. And it was his birthday yesterday. What a driver. Now, obviously, this podcast 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 has come almost a week late. It's because I've had this ready since Monday, Sunday evening, Monday, but I just I refuse to sit down and talk about it for a podcast or even just read the script again, just to to go against all the pain, all the pain that motorsport brings. But um, yeah, that was my um, Russian Grand Prix review and qualifying. Obviously, more on qualifying than the race, I assume, because I didn't want to talk about the race this weekend. But we will talk about every. Every race from now on. For the rest of the season, we're doing every, we're covering every race, no matter what. Even if even if Lando Norris is winning and then crash and burns on the f- literally last corner. Obviously, no fires. We don't want another Grosjean incident. But if he crashes and Danny Rick gets the win, we'll take it. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. We'll be back for another podcast. Maybe Sunday, maybe next Monday. But you'll obviously best believe we're going to have a, a um, Formula One podcast every week. Every week now. Well, whenever the races are. And we've got Turkey next. We've got Turkey. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, I do believe. If I am not mistaken. I believe so. Yes. Turkey on the 8th to the 10th. So you'll probably be expecting to hear a podcast on the Monday or the Tuesday afterwards. So the tw- 11th or 12th. But... um. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. It was painful for me um, because I didn't want to relive the Russian Grand Prix. But I wanted to start making Formula One podcasts and there was really no better time to start one. A review of races, unless it's the start of the season. So just to jump in straight away. But um, thank you all for listening. Uh, Please remember to drop a follow on iTunes. It on itunes spotify it doesn't cost anything and it's just it's lovely but anyway thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the lockdown show even though we're not on lockdown but it's still a banging name 
and I will see you guys next time with a non-Formula 1 podcast, if that's any better. And then afterwards, obviously after that, we'll have Turkey Grand Prix review. But yeah, see you guys in the next podcast. Goodbye.